welcome to Life in the Rabbit Hole, the Caneo Parent Pod. I'm Lori Carice, a fellow parent living in the Caneo Valley and your host. Thank you for tuning in. For parent pod tales, community matters, and social topics, which include plenty of wellness content. Parenting is not a one-size-fits-all approach. It's as difficult as much as it's rewarding, and we've all heard from the beginning of this journey, it takes a village. So join us as we connect through life in the rabbit hole. For everyone, everywhere. This episode of Life in the Rabbit Hole is sponsored by Mathnasium Learning Centers. Mathnasium now offers online and in-center options. We have our own custom-built online platform that was designed over three years to mimic our in-center experience. Students work with local instructors from our Westlake Village and Thousand Oaks Learning Centers right here in the Conejo Valley. For those that prefer to learn in our center, we did reopen our learning center at the beginning of the summer, and we meet all social distancing requirements from the county and state. Ventura County actually came by last week and said that we were good to go. Whether your child is attending school in person or online this fall, they're still coping with learning loss due to the pandemic. Academic experts agree that math has been the hardest hit subject. Because math knowledge is cumulative, this loss must be remedied before students can move forward. The Mathnasium method was designed specifically to reverse learning loss with live face-to-face instruction, custom-built learning plans, and homework assistance to get your child back on track and ready to tackle challenging new concepts. No matter what school looks like for your child, we've got their back and yours. Join tens of thousands of parents in transforming their child's math skills. Simply call us at 818-735-0007 to schedule a free assessment. Mathnasium, changing lives through math. And now our episode. Welcome to another episode of Life in the Rabbit Hole. Today, joining us is someone I've gotten to know over the past few years as a fellow mom, Tiffany Shaw. Both of us have girls who met while attending the same schools and became really good friends. And even during isolation, they still managed to pull off Zoom slumber parties. Tiffany is a busy working parent with four girls and is truly one of those super moms, as we describe, when we see them juggling to make it all work and still looks like they put themselves together with hair and makeup in place. I've seen Tiffany multitask firsthand with roles as troop leader for daisies and brownies, contribute to school fundraisers as a volunteer, attend sports practices and games, and also manage to pursue her career as an associate marriage and family therapist at Centered Individual and Family Counseling. Today, she's joining us with her professional hat on to talk a little bit about Reducing anxiety, which as parents, we all seem to carry a lot of stress and we're always seeking strategies on how to manage it. With that, I'd like to introduce to our listeners, Tiffany Shaw. Welcome. Oh, thank you, Lori. Thanks for the introduction. I'm so glad to be here. It's exciting. Thank you for being here. We're actually recording at night because we both have kiddos that we have to uh, care for first. And, <laughs> right. you know, it's our only quiet time, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so fill us in. How about uh, anxiety? Are we at our peak? Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, in the state that our country's in with COVID and everything else that's going on, people are really seeking out uh, therapy right now. And what I'm seeing are, you know, a lot of clients coming in and their main, the main thing they're dealing with is, is they want to learn how to cope with anxiety. 
I tend to, I specialize in cognitive behavioral therapy and mindfulness. And those are two practices that I've found to be most helpful and, um, you know, helping to deal with anxiety symptoms. So, yeah. So I know that right now you're pretty much treating patients and conducting visits online. How has that really shifted the energy? Do you, do you still feel like it's very one-on-one and personal? I mean, obviously we have video capabilities. How's that working out? You know, I do. Initially, I was pretty hesitant, but I just really try to engage with the client. And, you know, I was actually thinking about that today when I was with the client. And I just, I kind of really, you know, get in the camera and, you know, face to face. And so I feel like it's a little more personal, you know, and, but I think also with the virtual therapy it's allowing a lot more people, it's more convenient for them to, to have therapy, you know, versus going to office and um, seeing a, a therapist. So it's like, you could just call or, you know, we're even, I'm even conducting sessions on FaceTime sometimes. Um, just because of COVID, uh, the laws are, are less strict with how we conduct our sessions. So in a way, the relationship is even a little more convenient. You're a little more accessible. Um, They're more accessible. I know when I had a follow-up doctor's appointment and they set up an online appointment, which I was grateful for because I also didn't want to go into an office. And, you know, they patched me through. I'm like, oh, wow, can we just do this in the future? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you see yourself continuing this platform even after, are you going to kind of balance the two, have in-person sessions and also have virtual? I'm sure I would do both. And it also depends on, you know, how the laws are, you know, a year down the road because they may change the laws again. I know right now, just due to, to COVID, they've, you know, it's less restricted. So it could change again once COVID's gone and everything's semi back to normal. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think everything is always day by day. I mean, yeah. you know, the rules and restrictions and reopening stages every day is something new. And in fact, I kind of stopped watching daily briefings. I'm like, yeah, you know, whatever is like a big change will pop yeah. up on my inbox. Right. <laughs> and that can be anxiety, um, you know, inducing as well. Oh, there we go. We, the news. We, we can transition this to uh, <laughs> therapy with Lori. <laughs> we need a lot more time, that's for sure. So break it down for us, parents. What is anxiety? So anxiety basically is just symptoms, you know, include like worrying uncontrollably, you know, when you're fearful of something, when it becomes too much, a a small dose of anxiety is okay. You know, but when the the fear or worry or anxiousness becomes too unbearable, that's when it becomes a problem. And sometimes it can become debilitating for some people, for some individuals. So basically just, um, you know, a mental and physical reaction to perceived threats. That's the correct definition of anxiety. So without getting into specifics with clients, et cetera, what are you seeing 
mostly during COVID-19? Is it the anxiety of possibly catching a disease? Is it the isolation? Is it the financial distress? Or also going through, you know, worrying about our kids and how they're reacting to distance learning? Are you seeing anything in particular really spike? I would say isolation. That's a big one. Also finance, finances, you know, people are losing their jobs. Also racism. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. I left that off my list, but yeah. <laughs> important to address because, I mean, you know, obviously, I mean, racism is becoming more of an awareness because we're in our homes, we're watching the news and it's more transparent and it's very scary and hurtful. You know, I mean, I, I'm not even sure really how to address that with my children. I have them watch the news and I have conversations about being kind, but you know, I don't, I don't necessarily, you know, live in that world. <laughs> I'm, you know, I people have generally been kind to me and I am kind to others. So when I see this kind of hatred and it 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 hurts my heart. I'm like, "Wow, where did this come from?" I mean, who, who are we? I do I know you? I, I it's it's so hard. I mean, I don't think our conversation intended to go in this direction, but I'm I'm happy to discuss it. I mean, yeah. tell me, you know, what are people saying? Well, some people are afraid to just go out in public, you know, because they feel that people are looking at them a certain way or um, targeting them. You know, someone told me about a, a situation recently where they went in a store and they felt like, you know, the store owner was following them. Other instances, just the police brutality and being fearful of the police, um, driving in their cars, being pulled over. You know, other people have talked about, and I'm not specifically saying clients, but, you know, just in general, you know, people are talking about having the conversations with their small children who are, you know, African-American. Don't don't go jogging and, and stop. Or if you jog, don't stop at anyone's house. Telling that to a nine year old. You know, that's pretty that's pretty tough to have to have that discussion with a child. And yeah, there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of anger, worry. You know, it's showing up you know, in, in different forms. Well, I know for me, it, it may, my worries that stem from that topic are like, you know, I, I really thought that a lot of the civil rights movement was kind of behind us. I have such a greater awareness now, which takes me to, is this suddenly enhanced with COVID or during these times, or is it just because we're becoming more aware? I think it's been there. So I think right now it's just, it's more awareness. I think people are finally taking notice. And because we're in isolation, everybody's paying attention to it. Well, the awareness is good. Mm -hmm. I mean, for, for me, I mean, I'm a mature adult and I've, I've never been subjected to so much 
content and information and emotion over the topic as right now, you know, and I'm, I call myself a sixties baby, but barely by a year. (laughs) So, you know, uh, my only experience is, you know, what you hear about Martin Luther King, et cetera. And um, I think the awareness is amazing. I think it needs to continue as far as the protests, I think, you know, as long as they're peaceful, they can be productive. I think it's amazing. Honestly, it's something I would have considered, you know, joining in the streets if it wasn't for COVID-19. At the peak, it was like, you know, wear a mask, wear a mask, don't go outside. So I'm a caregiver to my, my children. And I'm also being very cautious about keeping everybody healthy so I can see my mom every few weeks, you know, so I wasn't one who joined in, but I was certainly observing and emotional. It's very tasking. So, I mean, it, it definitely adds to our anxiety of not only what we're dealing with COVID-19 and being isolated and schools changing um, the way they look, uh, where are we going in the future financially and jobs, et cetera. And then also, yeah, the racism, it, it's, it's really hard. I had a, even text you recently about putting our girls possibly in an online class about learning about a little bit more only because I kind of feel like, you know, I want my daughter to understand and make her own choices. I'm not here to say, you know, this is the path. This is what you have to do. I would certainly hope she would lean in that direction, but you know, she has to understand her and her feelings, et cetera. But um, Mm -hmm. at least these tools are becoming more available and that's good. It does seem that way. And that's, that's a positive thing. You know, seems like there's trying to steer in the right direction, positive direction with, with racism and educating the kids, you know, in in a better way. I think that even calms my anxiety a little bit is addressing those heated topics, even though I don't feel like an authority and I'm the appropriate teacher or messenger, at least researching those tools kind of calms me and, and helps me provide the right path for my children, you know, research. So those tools being available. So talk to me a little bit more. I mean, you have mentioned here about symptoms of anxiety, are there different types? There are. There's um, generalized anxiety. So like general, you know, general anxiety. So like if you're having an excessive amount of worry and fear in your life, such as like your career, health, finances, responsibilities, that's typically um under generalized anxiety, I'm under that category. Um, there are phobias. So that's a very intense fear of specific situations or object. And it's out of proportion to its actual threat. So uh, an example would be a fear of giving speeches, fear of spiders, um, something like that. You were talking about like fear of spiders. I mean, that's... Um... What's that? Arachnophobia. Arachnophobia. (laughs) Um, And then I get that confused with agoraphobic, which leads me to COVID. Okay, something me personally, I'm noticing the more I'm isolated, the more, you know, 
I, I have groceries delivered, you know, online banking, everything else. When I do go out, I feel very anxious, not of me stepping out of my doors, but definitely in my surroundings. Who's going to approach me? Who's going to get too close? Who is just generally around and hurry, hurry, hurry. I want to get home. So what, what's the chance that the longer we're in isolation, we're actually going to develop phobias? Well, I mean, it's it's up to the individual and in how they normally handle stress and, and anxiety. I mean, it, it just it's different for everyone, for every individual. So um, that's something I can't determine unless you're my client and I get to, you know, have a session and we talk and process everything. And then that's when I can come up with the diagnosis. I just don't want to be around people right now. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> but there's also one more type of anxiety, and that's panic. So that's an extreme anxious response where a person experiences a panic attack. A lot of people experience panic and anxiety attacks where they're like shortness of breath and they feel like they can't breathe, you know, heart racing. Um, there are many symptoms of that and just like an overwhelming feeling of dread. Do you have any easy kind of takeaways or strategies to deal with a panic attack? Well, there are different ways that you can kind of manage that. I always like to, well, for one, if you're having a panic attack, I just like to use a senses. So there's a five senses, which is making a conscious effort to notice the present moment through each of your senses. So you could do, you know, five things that you see, four things that you feel, three things that you hear, one thing you taste, and one thing you smell. So that's very calming. And I also, which I wanted to kind of give a demonstration of a breathing exercise, I use this a lot with clients um, who are dealing with anxiety and we'll do a breathing exercise to kind of ground, ground them and allow them to be in the present moment. And usually everyone says it's very relaxing and calming. So it kind of brings the decreases the anxiety symptoms for clients. Okay. Mm -hmm. So can you, is that something that will translate to our listeners? Sure. Do you want to try it? Try um, it. Breathing exercise. (laughs) (laughs) So basically you're going to sit up in your chair, wherever you are, your couch, and you're just going to make sure your feet are planted firm in the ground and you just relax your, your whole body, your neck, shoulders. Um, Just make sure you relax, make sure your face is relaxed and you're going to close your eyes and When you inhale, I want you to inhale as if you're, I like to say it, like you're breathing, sucking in a straw. So it's going to make a noise. And that's an inhale. And then you're going to exhale. When you exhale, you're going to breathe out and you're going to blow, like you're going to push your stomach. So you're blowing all the air out, but you can feel it in your stomach. You're just pushing it out. So let's do five, five breaths. So we'll. We'll start. So inhale. And then exhale. Inhale. 
exhale. Inhale. And then exhale. Inhale. Exhale. Last one. Inhale. And exhale. Okay. So usually you should, the clients usually feel pretty, you know, grounded and just calmer. And it reduces a lot of the anxiety symptoms after doing that, that exercise. And also the senses. So that's another technique, which I just um, spoke about. Um, you can also do a body scan. So a body scan is when you're, you, you're just paying close attention to all the physical sensations throughout your body. So you can start with your feet and then you move up through your legs, your growing, your abdomen, your chest, your back and shoulders, arms, hands, neck, and face. And then you spend anywhere from 15 seconds to one minute on each body part. So that's what I call a body scan. Of course, mindfulness meditation. So even prayer. So some people, if you want to call it prayer, you can do that. But um, a mindful meditation would be like just sitting in a comfortable space and paying attention to your breathing. So just like the breathing we did, if you want to sit, you could do the same thing. And just notice all the physical sensations of air filling your lungs and then leaving slowly. Yeah, that's one. And then also a mindfulness walk where while you're walking, you can make a point to practice mindfulness. So you can start by noticing how your body moves and feels with each step and then expand on your awareness to your surrounding, your surroundings. So what do you hear? What do you smell? What do you see? What do you feel? And that can be translated into other daily activities. So a lot of times I'll suggest um, some of these exercises or techniques to my clients that are dealing with, with anxiety and just to do it daily because I like to give my clients homework. So the homework could be, you know, just practicing a, a breathing exercise or practicing a mindfulness walk or, you know, meditation. So any one of those. What about for children? Is there anything specific that you like to help guide parents to practice with their children? I know, for example, you know, you know, my girls and my older one is pretty self-sufficient and she's managing distance learning pretty okay. Mm -hmm. My little one, I mean, she just hate, hate, hate. I don't want to log on. I don't want to do this, blah, 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 blah. Is there anything I can help with her, you know, even about to log in as far as a ritual or a practice affirmations. I love school. She'll never say it. Yeah. <laughs> I, know. I hate this school is what she says. I just want to see yeah. my friends. Yeah. But um, any like particular mindfulness techniques, especially for the younger kids? Breathing. I think teaching them how to breathe. I mean, it's always helpful. It's, it's, a, it's a really great way to just kind of get them started and 
just being aware and, and being in the present moment and just calming. It's, it has a calming effect. So definitely okay. breathing. Yeah, I, def- I definitely need that for my little one. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I think you also talked about identifying your anxiety. I know even with me, I just feel overall anxious. <laughs> um, how do you, how do you kind of like, you know, peel back the layers and get to the root of how to start coping and managing and identifying and, and working on little pieces to just feel a bit better? Um, well, I mean, of course I recommend seeing a therapist, seeking a therapist. So if, if you're feeling or any of your listeners are feeling any of the symptoms that I, I talked about earlier, seek professional help because we have the tools and techniques to kind of, you know, well, not kind of, but to show you how to manage these symptoms and processing the anxiety in therapy is always helpful. Um, and, and also identifying and recognizing what, what are triggers, what triggers your anxiety. And so once you know what those triggers are, that's, that's key to being able to decrease those anxiety symptoms because anxiety, I mean, it's, it, it doesn't go away. It's just the amount of anxiety. So you don't want it to be overbearing as I mentioned earlier. So a small bit of anxiety is healthy, but when it gets, you know, out of control, that's when it's a problem. And when you would want to seek professional help. Very good. So is is Zoom kind of taking over its own natural course of, of therapy or are people just having a little more, you know, wine nights with the girlfriends and chit chatting? I mean, that's probably actually very helpful, you know, talking it out. I know I do a lot of group events in, in the wellness category and it, it ends up feeling like a therapy session, uh, just talking it out. But I agree. I mean, seeking that therapists that can really fine tune or, or work with you on your specific needs. Well, the thing with, you know, with therapy is that, yeah, it's, it's great having a zoom or, you know, a FaceTime chat with friends, but, and, and they're your friends and they're, you know, they're going to be one-sided, right? Like as a therapist, we, we listen, we're not going to give our judgments I like to challenge my clients and listen, you know, and ask questions that are going to get my clients to think about, okay, what's, what's causing my symptoms? What are triggers? So the course of the conversations are are different, you know, the discussions with your friends versus, you know, being in therapy with a, a professional. So you're a marriage and family therapist. I know we've talked a lot about kids. What about your partner? Any suggestions on how to offer more support during this time? Maybe one parent is actually able to work outside of the home where another parent who generally works outside of the home is now, you know, uh, with with children full time. Any tips on offering support to partners? Um, just, 
you know, trying to work together and communicate. That's kind of the biggest thing, because I will also say that couples right now, that's pretty high on the list, too. A lot of couples are seeking therapy, trying to manage, you know, everything and their marriage. So marriages are kind of falling apart now during this time. So um, communication it's the biggest, biggest thing in trying to come up with a schedule that can work for, for both parents to help together. Yeah. And in any relationship, obviously communication is key, but right now just really listening and a deep understanding because this is all something new we're navigating. It's not just, hi, honey, how are you feeling? How was your day? Now it's like, I mean, I know I wake up sometimes. I don't know what day it is. Yeah. I know it's a school day. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm waking up and it's like, okay, what do I do today? It's like, you know, my schedule is running me, not me running the schedule, which is, you know, pretty normal in life. But right now I'm having the juggle. It's like a ping pong with two different schools, uh, two different types of schedules. Do you have class? Do you have class? What time is yours? Blah, 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 blah. It's, it's so it's so strange. And I, I certainly don't want to say, oh, it's unorganized. And it's so horrible because I, I do respect teachers and all the educators and everything they're having to put in to try to make this work. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's not really working. But <laughs> for my family, at least the spring session, it seems like the fall session is a little better. But um, it's really hard now. I am a single parent, so I don't have another parent in the household to, you know, lean on and to, uh, you know, kind of break down my day and and gain comfort. But, um, you know, hopefully those that do have two parents and the household can support each other and rely on, on each other and at least listen and yeah. understand it. It's tough. It is. And, you know, one one thing I would also say is just just be kind to yourself. Don't don't put too much pressure. The kids will be fine. They'll be fine. You know, this is something that none of us have ever experienced before. And people have to work and we're all kind of doing the best that we can do. And just do what you can to get through it. In a lot of ways, I mean, I know this is, you know, a crisis, but I also try to see the positives and there are positives that are coming out of it. I'm spending a lot more time with my girls. They've never talked to me so much in my life. Wow, really? <laughs> All of a sudden my kids are talk, 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 talk. I'm like, really? you, you never, you never had this kind of conversations with me, especially my older daughter, who's a tween. It's like, a year ago, I felt like she wasn't talking to me. Now <laughs> she just wants to talk to me all the time. I'm like her little BFF. That's nice. But, um, Great. But it's also enjoyable to see what kind of students they are. You know, you get the feedback from teachers and you get the reports, et cetera. And you always hear if there's something naughty happening in class. But you actually get to see the interaction. You see what kind of students they are. And I have pros and cons going on here. You know, I see... I see a perfectionist and I have the other one, you know, racing through the day. But, uh, <laughs> but it's interesting because I think 
as a parent, it's a very unique situation, unless you are typically a homeschooling parent anyway, to really see how they learn, what they like, what part of their day interests them the most, the subject matters, teachers, et cetera. And you're actually, I mean, I'm grateful that I'm, I feel like I'm contributing a little bit more. And this whole common core math, you know, I wasn't raised on that. And I, I feel like I'm learning new math. I'm like, okay, whatever, you know, <laughs> <laughs> time to, you know, shed the calculator and learn it all over again. That's okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. that way it's making us closer. So as much as I have a lot of stress because of COVID-19, I also feel like I have natural remedies in the home. Yes. And that's the bonds with my children. Yes. And, and you brought up a very important, you know, thing that gratitude. I mean, that's really important to have gratitude, to focus on, on the positive, you know, that reduces stress right there. Just being able to focus on, on that versus everything bad that's happening or, you know, what, what's negative, you know, about school and homeschooling or not. So that's a really important point that you brought up. I feel that. And I'm going to say gratitude for me actually is me seeing that my children are actually managing this pretty well. Yes. Which means you feel like, okay, I'm doing something right. You know, as parents, we take on the stress. We take on the responsibility. It's our job to kind of camouflage all the problems so that your kids feel secure and safe. And I I feel like that's happening. So at that time, I feel like I'm doing something right. And I'm grateful because I see they're very resilient where I have at least once a week, I'm, I'm very overwhelmed and I'm done. And when, when are things going to change and how am I going to manage the next layer of stress? But what I'm grateful for is I'm not saying that in my children, I can manage it. I'm a grown woman. <laughs> I'll figure it out. But if your child is so uncomfortable and there's so much distress, you're like, what do I do? You know, you have to fix that right now. So they're, they're managing. And I, I think that's good. And I'm hearing from other parents that they're, you know, feeling that their children are pretty resilient and kind of powering through. And you're right. I mean, this is out of our control. You know, it, life is going to go on, hopefully, for all of us. I know a lot of us have, you know, listeners included, I'm sure, have suffered um, family loss, friend loss. And that's a whole different layer of uh, stress and anxiety to cope with. I'm fortunate that that hasn't been the case for me. I know that you, I believe, had some family that have. I did. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've had some family with it and they've all recovered. Um, we know we had one really close friend of the family that did pass away um, oh, well, over the sorry. summer, actually a couple of weeks ago. So it's really it's sad and unfortunate. Yeah. And wow. Yeah. I mean, that it, it, it's unexpected to even hear that, you know, when, mm -hmm. when you feel like everything in your household is kind of manageable. And then you hear from other people that it's such a different picture and different household experience. And, you know, when we're thinking about financial loss, it feels so devastating and that how am I going to go on? But then you hear of families who have lost loved ones and it puts things into perspective. It does. Yeah. You can go without a paycheck. You cannot pay your rent or mortgage and be okay. You don't have to have stick on the table. You can 
have top ramen <laughs> if needed to, you know, but it's like the, the family and the love loss and friends. I hope as a society that we can all pull together, find some good in this, cope with our losses and connect. And I'm just looking forward to being able to kind of reset and move on and take this experience and learn from it. I think that's the most important part is anything, any devastating experience, crisis, if you can learn from it, that's also therapeutic. Yes, it is. It is. It is. What, what is the takeaway from all this, you know, and being able to look back and saying, okay, I, I made it through, you know, I made it through this. That's incredible. Well, Tiffany, thank you so much. Anything else you want to offer to our listeners? Um, just, you know, be kind. Again, be kind to yourself and be grateful. Focus on what's positive, the positive things that are, are happening, you know, for you and around you. What are you grateful for? I'm, I'm grateful to hear your little kiddos in the background. Oh, this is a, fa- this is a family show. So, Sorry. you know, hey, if there, no, there, if there's disruptions, that's okay. You know what? I'm enjoying it. My, my, my kiddos are upstairs being quiet right now. And that's awesome. And I, I hear your kiddos and I'm like, you know, Hey, aren't we all grateful for that experience too? We can kind of toggle work and children at the same time. I mean, you know, as moms, I think we're all, you know, only moms can do this. Exactly. (laughs) We're, you know, we're juggling it all and we have to just be encouraging to one another and not be so hard on ourselves. It's, it's, it's a family show. And I've always said that because, you know, my business for 12 years now have has been based on parenting and mother content. And I've always said, you know, people, you know, hey, can I call you and ask you a few questions? I'm like, I as long as you can manage the disruptions, because I might have a kid come tugging on me saying, <laughs> mommy, I want some milk. So it happens, you know. Yeah. And I told, him, I told him not to talk and. Of That's course, okay. Not, clearly not listening, but at least they haven't barged in the door. So I'm glad. Yeah, if that happens, that's okay too. But Tiffany, what is your website? If anybody wants to find you, connect with you. My website is tiffanyshawtherapy.com. And I'm also available at centeredla at gmail.com. Yeah. So. You know, and that's and that's Tiffany Shaw Therapy dot com. Yes. Shaw is spelled S H A H. Yes, Shaw. Yes. 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 Okay. Well, okay. wonderful. I'm so glad you took the time to join us today. I hope our kiddos are going to be able to reconnect again in person soon. Yes, that'll be really nice. Yes, for sure. For sure. The, the Zoom slumber parties are cute. Yeah, I think <laughs> they're having creative. one tonight, right? I don't know. They're having one right now. Is that what's going on? Okay. <laughs> Usually on the weekends. So. Yes, yes. <laughs> All so, right, Tiffany, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. As we close out this episode, guest links and resources can be found on our website. We're also accepting submissions to be a guest on our podcast. Visit com. Thank you so much for listening today. And please subscribe to our podcast so that you can be alerted each time we drop a new episode. For bonus content, be sure to join us as a member and receive Green Room Diaries, After the Final Cut, 
Confessions of a Canoe Valley Mom, as well as our exclusive wellness workshops. From one parent to another, we've got this. Just believe in yourself and remember we're our own worst critics. Tell yourself and another that they're doing a good job.